0: If you think about it. If time is relative. So get this. Uh, we were talking about the deodorant thing, right? And that's yeah. like obviously not proven. So there's this doctor. It's not disproven. Just kidding. It isn't. No, 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 <laughs> But, but that, that's the thing, right? Like, yeah. how are you testing for it? Like, yeah, yeah, How many yeah. how many subjects do you get to apply deodorant three right. times a day to fucking yeah. get breast cancer? Sure. sure. Um, there is this. I was just listening to... Um, it was probably Rogan. Uh, somebody brought up that there's a doctor that is encouraging people to stop drinking probiotics Mm. because she has what she thinks is a correlation between probiotic and a specific type of cancer that's really rare. Okay, But there's been an uptick in it within like the last five years Mm-hmm. and i guess somehow she's found a correlation with like probiotics hmm. so that i always get that weird like what are we doing does anybody really know like like toothpastes i'm weird about toothpaste yeah i'm weird about, about toothpaste. toothpaste too yeah
1: i'm worried
2: about
0: i'm worried about shampoo i get my shampoo from whole foods i don't even use shampoo well if I you guys love this soap.
2: conversation we'll continue it on the common chaos podcast oh we're live however uh so we're going to start this off <laughs> this segment off i want to say i want to start by saying thank you to all the new viewers um, and thank you for turning in. Welcome to Austin Live and Local. Uh, Also thank you to all of the returning viewers for tuning in. Uh, Just a brief introduction for all the new viewers. My name is Trent Knox. I am the founder of Austin Live and Local. I manage a lot of the behind the scenes work, social media, content and production. And this is Brian what up now i'm in camera view
0: sorry he's uh, I'm on the timer.
2: he's co-owner <clears throat> and manager of operations what up uh brian could you give new viewers a brief introduction of what you do at Awesome Local?
0: yeah so um i am essentially the voice of the of the live stream i guess i'm the one that does all the interviews and and kind of probes the questions here with trent uh but what i do is i i manage the artists i manage the guests that we have uh, i'm the one that reaches out to you gets your ideas for your collaborations gets the information from from you and your team and what you want to do take it back to us and and then we we build whatever project you're looking to build so I'm artist relations manager of operations I got a couple different titles but right now I'm the one that's reaching out to you talking to you about your projects picking your brain for what you are wanting to do what you're looking to do what ideas you have and then we start from there
2: awesome Uh, Brian is my right hand man and together we make Austin Live and Local Um, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time Let me briefly explain what Austin Live and Local does. We are a digital media company that focuses on social media, promotions, online broadcast media such as podcasts and live streams, and from time to time, we throw events. This is a very special week. Uh, I'm sorry. Frequently, we've been asked, what do we exactly do? Exactly do. And the easiest way to explain that is we help publicize, promote, and endorse local artists, brands, and events. And Brian talked about that on his end with uh, artist Relations. Now, this is going to be a very special two weeks, uh, given that today is the start of uh, South by Southwest. And if you're unfamiliar with that, uh, it's just a, a festival with interactive um, music, film, gaming, comedy, it's uh, when all artists come together that are in the independent and some just getting into the contract work uh, come together and they discuss their projects. Um, the festival is, is great if you're a badge holder. However, if you're not able to fork over that arm and a leg to get yourself a platinum badge, we have you covered. Our friends over at, Austin, uh, at when What ATX have put together a comprehensive um spreadsheet that details all the open bars free drinks and great parties Uh, it has all you need from march 8th to 18th it's updated daily as new events and venues are added to the list for only ten dollars you get a comprehensive schedule uh, of all the free south by southwest stuff lastly if you'd like to help fund our our operation head on over to www.austinliveandlocal.com shop and check out some of our amazon affiliate goods Without further ado, may I introduce the well-spoken, extremely gifted, multifaceted filmmaker, Knives, Monroe. Woo!
1: Thank you for having me, Trent Brian. I appreciate (laughs) it, man. You oversold it with that intro. I'll tell you, I'm I'm incredibly gracious to be here, but you oversold it. Multi all the stuff you said, nah, man. I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude.
0: Fly pair of shades and a great fucking mind and.
2: I don't know. Thanks. You, Thanks about the shit. You inspire man. me.
1: Well, you inspire me, man. I mean, what you guys are doing here, this is this is punk rock. We're making punk rock music as far as I'm concerned. So it's great to be here. Thanks for having I me. I
0: immediately don't like this back and forth comedy. <laughs> like, oh, no, nah, man, I love you. Nah, dog, you're the best one. Like, you're doing me all the right way. and <laughs>
1: Getting me the
0: exposure. Nah, man. I don't get right. high
1: off my own supply. I'll tell you that right now. Hey, that's a mm. smart move. Very yeah.
0: smart. I wish more people fucking would listen to that. Oh, yeah, shit.
1: Man. Well, it's good to be here. Um... I'll tell you, I've never gone to a South by, you know. Um, I've been in Austin, like, on again, off again for five years. But for everybody listening, I mean, they they should definitely check it out, especially if you're here. You had me at free. I mean, there's no excuse, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to meet people, if you want to get out, you know, if you're a photographer, if you're an artist, like you know, head on down. There's yeah. free shit. You know, that's just like it's production value lower for you for and free. And it's getting
2: it's e- getting easier. You know, uh, initially, like I've talked to my neighbor, he's been he did South by Southwest, the first South by Southwest, and at the time it was everything was free. You know, you went and the only thing you paid for was drinks. There wasn't a club entry or anything like that. But now, you know, with the badges and paying fourteen hundred dollars to get into the festival to be able to Kind of experience all of, the, I guess, top, cutting edge uh, music or cutting edge, uh, interactive gaming, whatever it is. It gets costly, but it's a good thing that the festival still supports these, not some official, some unofficial events that people can network and, and you know get their get their brand out there or their projects or whatever it is. Um, you know, uh, I the first time I experienced South by Southwest was 2011, I think. Maybe a little bit earlier than that. Um, and, you know, I was a kid. The only place that I think I wasn't even... I was might have been 18, hmm. you know? And so I got into, like, one club to hear one band. What and band? Then, I don't know. It was a female singer. No, I... You don't know? It was I random? don't know. It's Paramore? Random, yeah. Was it Paramore? Just no, it I wish. No you know, that'd be is. so cool. But, no. Uh, it was just, like, a random local band <laughs> yeah. that... Uh, Playing, you know packed crowd because it is South by Southwest. So it was
0: cool um, I think that's probably the beauty of South by Southwest is you could be one of those bands and maybe you don't have a great Following or maybe you're starting off and you just got lucky enough to kind of play a venue or play a show or even an unofficial show We know a lot of artists especially the ones we've worked on here. They're doing unofficial shows So they're not even on the actual list, but they are the free shows They are the ones that you can get into and I think that those are the ones where the networking and the connections are really gonna be made because you're gonna get those people you're gonna get those high high caliber artists that mm-hmm. want to see the local talent and go to those little those little shows, the unofficial ones, just to kind of scope out what what's coming up, what's new, Care- who's hot,
1: who's not. Exactly, yeah, careers are made yeah. in in South by definitely. Sure. Mm-hmm. I remember I had the audacity in submitting a film to uh, I think it was 2012 film festival and actually thinking that it was gonna get in. Like I I was so confident, I had no reason to be. I was 24 years old. I was just.
2: Was it your first festival?
1: My first film, first everything. Oh, okay. First thing I ever made, really. Uh-huh. You know? And you and,
0: submitted it to South by you said?
1: I submitted it to South by forty five bucks. I was like, It's gonna get in. Right. I gotta get ready. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was just so uh like I said, that's why I don't get high on my own supply nowadays. But it, it was it was great Humble Pie, you know what I mean to have at the end of the day. And uh, I remember like the lineup that was there was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's debut film, Don oh, John, oh, with Scarlett Johansson and everybody. No, and I was like, oh shit, this is this is real films, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's kind of hard to break in, but if you're good enough, I mean, I mean you can. So all those little indie bands and you know a- a- anything indie, like if you're just around the vicinity in South by I mean you can get over.
2: Prior you know? to to us discuss getting onto the live progress, we talked about the Black Panther movie. Do you remember the com- the Commercial for Dogs, the new uh, Wes Anderson. Yeah, so that's what's that's the film that's closing out the festival. <sighs> that's
1: really, so, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. I mean, he's an yeah, he's an Austin guy. Yeah, yeah, Wes and, Anderson.
2: Um, I, from what I saw, like initially, I think they didn't put out like the preview until this week, or maybe a week ago for Dogs. For Dogs, like the one that like really tells the story or what entices people to go out and watch the film Mm. and the one i saw the initial one i felt like it was like here's a teaser the teaser or whatever Mm -hmm. and then the trailer i was like wow this is an incredible film i saw the trailer during uh uh three
0: billboards and they played it was i got the i thought the gist of it i don't know what i thought it was like a two two and a half minute trailer yeah yeah where the kid like he is on an island right and they have Mm -hmm. to find him and Mm -hmm. they kind of like do their whole thing Mm -hmm. and then and I, I like Wes Anderson, so it, it's, it seems like a fitting movie to close out South By. It kind of has that weird, artsy vibe, too. Like, it's not your action movie. It's definitely not a blockbuster. It is your artsy, keeping it weird type of film. But that's, an, Anderson that's an indie blockbuster. It mm-hmm. is, though.
1: No, I and mean Wes Anderson. Any Wes Anderson cool. movie is like yeah. an event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, what's your favorite Wes Anderson movie? Both of you.
2: I mean, i got to be cliché, though.
0: Why?
1: Ro- Royal Tenenbaums?
2: No. Budapest. That's the cliché answer. Budapest?
1: Oh, the Grand Budapest? Yeah. That's a good one.
2: I'd probably have to say the Grand Budapest, too.
1: That's a good Just one.
0: because... I like Natalie
1: Borman. She, she she's, she's the, not in that. She had the
0: little intro movie. If you went and saw the Grand. No no
1: no, that's movie. the Darjeeling Limited. Oh, was it? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Maybe I got. But they made it. a short film before that. That
0: was the hotel. The hotel yes, one, right? With yes. her and
1: uh, Jason Schwartzman. That's right.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then maybe I'm thinking. Yeah, that that's
1: the one with Adrian Brody. Darjeeling. That's right. And that's yeah, yeah. the train. But that's, and that's my they're favorite. on the train with yeah, the Darjeeling. That's yeah, my favorite yeah, yeah. Wes Anderson movie. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Kind of backwards. That's amazing. No, I love it too. I actually, man, this is so sad and random. I don't want to like hijack this or anything but like i'm a functioning melancholic like i get really really sad sometimes like i actually think like i'm a workaholic because that's the way i battle like manic depression and the other day actually it was like two saturdays ago um i was watching youtube videos to cry like i just needed to cry yep and sometimes i was like what let me just find like a cry compilation video and it was like the 20 saddest saddest scenes of all time or whatever mm-hmm. and uh one of them was the ending of the life aquatic with steve Zissou, where i don't want a spoiler alert but he, he they see the jaguar shark mm-hmm. and he says and, and and a great song from sigaro's plays at the same time it's just so beautiful and he says i wonder if it remembers me and he and bill murray cries and i just started bawling man and like those movies really really affect me like and uh, I go to the YouTube comment, about to leave a comment, and then I scroll down and I saw a comment—the exact comment that I had, was gonna leave. I had already left a comment five years ago, and I was like, "I've done this before." It was so sad, but I—I uh, I love Wes Anderson movies. They're so—they're so tragic, mm. but they're wrapped in comedy. But mm. it's such
0: a dry comedy.
1: They're, they're dry, but deep <laughs> <Like> down inside, <laughs> it, it, it's about sad children. Like all it his is, movies are about sad children. Always. And I love it. Mm. Period.
2: I cried at that movie, The Greatest Showman. I didn't see it. You gotta see it.
1: I've heard good things.
2: It's just it 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 moves really well. Yeah. I I haven't seen a movie that moves that well. They they like definitely chunked off a whole part of the movie that they. But I mean, I love
1: everything Wolverine's in. Whatever he's in, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. there.
2: I thought it was Patrick Dempsey the whole time. Ouch. I was like, who's this? Who's this?
1: To let that one go, but all right.
2: Who's this, Hugh Jackman? Patrick Dempsey. (laughs) Wow yeah i don't know i guess i'm just i thought it was better better role for patrick you, Dempsey. You, you're not a big movie guy <laughs> i mean i watch movies i'm not like i talked to you about this before when i got into making films and doing it it was more of just like i like the technical aspect of it and i wasn't into like the story or mm-hmm. or, or like
1: which i respect. why
2: all these people come together or who are these people it's because it's for me, it's more about the consumer, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, the product, it doesn't matter who made it. Mm. If it reaches consumers and they like it, that means it's a good movie.
1: Yeah, I'd love to talk about that, actually, because um, something hit me yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, I do long drives. I drive two to three hours a day every day. Like, okay. it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of thinking, a lot, a lot of SoundCloud binging and stuff sure, like that. Yeah. Pod- podcast listening. So, like, I, I binged, like, Brian's podcast, like, nonstop, you know, on these, on these drives as well. And mm-hmm. something hit me where I've been counterculture my entire life Mm -hmm. and I think it's hurt me. Like Mm -hmm. I think it's negatively impacted my career and I think that's just like I have like a punk rock gene for whatever reason and up until very recently uh, I saw this great video essay about the Simpsons which may have been before your time like the heyday but you may remember maybe you grew up with the Simpsons Brian I don't know and it occurred to me like when the Simpsons came out it was it was anti-pop. And then it became pop. Mm. And then it sucked, right? Um, I hate to admit that, like I'm such a Simpsons apologist, but those first f- first eight seasons are fire. And then it occurred to me like, oh, I know how to make pop. I know how to make mainstream content. Mm. I just choose not to, and that's kinda dumb. That's dumb. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's dumb because I, I wanna make, I don't wanna say niche, but like I wanna make like, I call it anti, like whatever it is. Anti-mainstream, like noise, like I wanna make whatever i want to make like Mm -hmm. the thing that i made recently pipe dream like to me that's just me like i wasn't trying to appeal to a mass audience i was just trying to appeal to like a very narrow lane Mm -hmm. and i think that's a little silly like i want to impact millions Mm -hmm. i mean i i want to impact millions of people and it's a winnable game but i've spent the last 10 years like trying to figure out that language like the language of pop culture and i i'm fluent in it and like i know how to do it now now it's now let's make bangers Mm mm-hmm And I'd never thought about that until yesterday. So like, you know, we have a mutual friend, friend of the show, um, Tanner Walters. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Tanner. And, you know, he, I think, you know, when we met, I think he was like, I want to, and I say this with nothing but love, I think he wanted to get and learn as much from me as possible. And I think he met me and was like, well, I can learn a lot of the technical stuff from Knives. But I can only learn so much from Knives because Knives has no interest in making millions of dollars, which I don't. Mm-hmm. And I think Tanner does, which I respect, and he's totally, in the, he's totally justified for that. And so, but I know I could. I mean, like I know I could, and I, that sounds so arrogant, but I know I could because I directly choose not to. You know what I mean? So you saying, like you kind of think about the consumer, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't look at consumers as consumers, even though that's what they is, mm-hmm. but I look at them as patrons or the audience or whomever. You know what I mean, uh, but when you start looking at them that way, and you start looking at them the way Taylor Swift must look at them, I mean, they sheep though. You know what I mean, and and, sure. and, she, and sheep got to eat, mm. right? And you, I know exactly what to, I know exactly what sheep like, mm. and I'd be a sucker if I wasn't feeding the sheep. You know what I mean? Who am I to deny the sheep? Yeah, I'm not better than them. Mm-hmm. so that's just something that hit me recently you know i think about drake and i think about all these guys that know it that, that have mastered pop Don't culture us. they've mastered pop culture and they they just give it to you you know what i mean and well i can do that and it's not like because it's easy no it's fucking hard like yeah. the, the difference between tanner and i tanner, tanner's gonna get it and the difference well, the only difference between him and i is just okay. the, just opportunities I, right
2: i disagree but i
1: well Please, but I'd like I'll, to hear it cuz I'm open and I just I'm a sponge. I just want to learn. The only
2: reason I disagree is
1: I such
2: a... He's not working hard enough. Tanner? Mm. Yeah. Personally. Tanner, Personally.
1: Tanner let it be known. I did I did not say that. I do not agree with that. That is What do you think? That's some trench shit right there. Um I think he's working really hard. It takes guts to come up to anybody and say, "Hey, le- hey, bro, what lens are you using? Hey, can I have your number? Hey, can I?" I and then he answers so, the phone, I mean, uh, and then he, you know, he's like, "What advice do you have for me?" And you, he, you give him some advice, and then he takes the advice I and think, he does it. I mean, that, oh man, that's I, that's doing the it's
2: work. So it, we will discuss this. Let's c- continue on the other show. Sure, sure, sure. Because it's it's such an. <clears throat> this isn't nothing to do with him. He is great at what he does. Absolutely. I just don't think he has that that fire. That nobody's lit the nobody's lit the fire in it. That's gonna make it a diff a long term success versus these short term.
1: I, I think all he needs to master is the form. It's like he doesn't working want out. To, though. No, he I des- think he does. I think we he does. Directly. I think he does. <laughs> I think he wants to master the form. I think his generation. It's easier for them to master the form than it was for a guy like me who had to record a Simpson's episode when it aired on VHS. Sure. I had to be there. <laughs> and now you can just like YouTube in a the playlist. Moment. In I had the to moment. be there in the moment. I had Watch to press it
0: once. Yeah, but just that, to be watching. <laughs> and it was
1: gone forever, right? And then now you can just you can he can get you don't even need to go to college today for to master that to master the form and the technique like sure. he can just YouTube binge and figure it out. Like I'm not worried about that. And then it becomes I, Yeah, I
2: don't disagree.
1: And then it becomes just his reps just reps it's like working out like if you can work you can lift really heavy shit but if you're not doing it right you're gonna hurt yourself i think he's he cares about the form he wants to lift it right and then i think he's gonna have six-pack abs because he's gonna do a thousand crunches a day so to speak you know what i'm saying
2: what does six pack pack abs mean? It doesn't mean shit to me.
1: Well, six pack abs to me is, you know, I I dedicated, so I'm gonna be 30 in two weeks. Okay. Shit's getting real. Okay. Shit's getting real. And so I'm I'm able to look back from 08 to 2018, I'm able to look back at this past decade and really measure it and say, what has the past decade been for me? What what are my 20s? Like right now, your 20s are nebulous to you. Sure. You're like, my 20s can be anything. Well, my 20s are like, that chapter's coming to a close. And it's kind of exciting. And I can, I can earnestly say that, it, you know, I started a family and all this really, really important stuff. But as far as the art, which I'm a very narrow-minded motherfucker, like it's all about the art for me. Nice. I dedicated over a decade and a half to the form, to the craft, to mastering the fundamentals, to the technique. So
2: speaking of which, how did you get here? Where did you start off? If I may, if I may, real quick, I'm so sorry. No, Damn, please. Why do you have to? I'm segueing into the origin story. No, I love it. Story. Part two of this, <laughs> just
0: so you're not getting lost, It's going to be on the Common Chaos podcast, but we so, did. Uh, we, uh, we went kind of off track. Uh, I'll help you out here. What's so, the Austin? What did bring so. brought you to Austin? Obviously, Knives is a fantastic filmmaker <laughs> and is very knowledgeable and, and knows his craft. That's what brought you out here. What were the moves?
1: So, okay. So my name's Knives Monroe. I was born Anthony Moreno III, named after my father, who is an ex-convict, convicted felon, you know, drug dealer, um, you know, shot some people, like super, super, um, just not a role model. You know what I mean? My mom divorced him when I was five years old. uh, So it was just me, my mom, and my brother. And already at four or five years old, I was self-aware. I was self-aware. Like I would. I loved movies I worshipped movies like I activated watching raising Arizona by the Cohen Brothers when I yeah. was two years old like mm-hmm. I my first memory was a movie and so it was always there. I just didn't even know that you could do that for a living that just never became a possibility. My mom worked at a video rental store she would rent me anything that I wanted It was called All hit Video in Donna Texas so I, w- I was always you know I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma um, moved to Dallas for about a year. And then moved to the Rio Grande Valley, which was the, the asshole of Texas. You know, statistically it has, you know, the highest poverty, it's the most obese, it with the lowest education, highest healthcare. I mean, it's, it's a shit place, right? And uh, well, that's where I lived for 20 years. And uh, my mom would bring home movies and I would just absorb everything, I'd read books. I had no friends up until like 15 years old. I had no friends. I mean, believe it or not, right? Shocker, no, but I had no fucking friends. And uh, so movies were my escape. And uh, I used to watch you know, like HBO behind the scenes of like, here's the making of a predator, here's the making of an alien, here's the making of like these, you know, zombies or whatever, like Tom Savini makeup artists. And that was my first peek behind the curtain of like, wow, people do that? Like, I, oh, I thought movies were real. Like, you know, I was so dumb. And um, it was 2004, I saw Kill Bill volume one. one. My mom rented it for me. Um, it's a black title card. It says revenge is a dinner Bester of code. And uh, you hear the bride breathing, fade in. It's Uma Thurman as a bride, bloodied, beat up on the floor. She's about to get shot in the head with a .44 magnum. And she says, Bill, it's your baby. Boom, takes a fucking bullet to the head. Cut to a black title card. It says, the fourth film by Quentin Tarantino. And I got chills. Still to this day. I get chills every fucking time I think about that. Because in that moment, I was like, it was like a bolt of lightning came from the other side of the universe and hit me in the head. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm a filmmaker. (sighs) That explains everything. And it was like getting my letter to Hogwarts. I was like, oh, I'm a wizard. Like, I get it now. I get why I'm wired this way. And at the same time came all the negatives of like the road ahead, which was like, oh, how the fuck do I do this? Where do I start? This is pre-high-speed internet, right? So there was like, y- y- finding a script was hard at the mm-hmm. time. Like, you'd have to go to encyclopedias and public libraries became my best friend. I still love public libraries to this day. And uh, so I was 16 years old. And then, uh, you know, I found a broken uh video cassette uh camera. Mm-hmm. I just started recording home movies and things like that, learning editing on two VCRs, like very analog, very basic, before digital really became accessible to the consumer. And um I just started making stuff, started doing backyard wrestling videos. That was kind of like my gateway drug into filmmaking. You know, that was like my Vine before Vine. That was my YouTube before YouTube. Um, and I was just emulating what I saw on MTV, like jackass or pro wrestling, whatever I saw that I thought I could do, I mean, what the fuck is Jackass, right? Like, it's not a documentary, it's not real, it's not, whatever that is, I was like, I like that. It was filmmaking to me. So I started copying that, and uh, I studied my ass off. Like, I must have saw, and I always say this, and it's no exaggeration, I must have saw about 500 movies on VHS the summer of 2004. Like, me and my friend, that summer, we would go, we would walk home, I mean, you'd walk everywhere back in the day with like a stack, I know the audience who's not watching the stream right now can't see it, but I got like a whole stack full of VHSs, and we'd watch everything, like six movies in a day, like it was just nuts, and I'd study everything, and I'd go, this back when, when you'd have to read the back of the cover and see who directed this, like you know, and be like, cool, I wanna watch all that guy's movies or whatever, and so that was 16, cut to 24, um, I made my first film, finally, it was, autobiographical was based on a, a girlfriend an ex-girlfriend that i had at the time so it, it was based around bulimia i would say is like the antagonist of that movie mm-hmm. and uh showed it to it was like a half church half movie theater sold that theater out never been done before in, in, in an 80 year history promoted the fuck out of it i mean looking back like i always wondered how did 400 people see that like i was a nobody i hadn't mm-hmm. done nothing up until that point no one knew who knives monroe was and I realized, man, I sold the shit out of it. Like I made cold calls, I went to people's houses, like I made posters, like it was old school. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like making an event on Facebook and being like, come, <laughs> no, like I fucking sold it. 400 people, 24 hours later, I'm homeless in Austin. Mm-hmm. I moved to Austin. I, I, I gave my writing partner 50% of the box office proceeds. I gave my mom like most of the rest of the money. I caught like 125 bucks, put it in my pocket and was like, I'm going to Austin. Was homeless for six weeks in Austin. I call it six weeks on Sixth Street. I stayed on East 300 and I think it was like Lavaca or something, um, it was a second story fire escape. There used to be a tree there, that tree's gone. Without that tree, the cops would have busted me and I would never be able to stay at that fire escape but I stayed there for five weeks. And uh, and then the final week I stayed at a hotel. It was like 250 bucks to stay for a week. So I was able to shower and all that shit. I'd go to the public library, just binge, 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 binge on books. Um, and I just fed myself until I got a job at a Walmart cause a bus, I didn't know how the bus system worked here so I thought I'd sleep on a bus and then at, at midnight they are like get off and they kicked me out and I was at a Walmart and I got to the Walmart at midnight and I applied and you know, I, the next week I had a job there, saved up money, got an apartment, stayed nine months in Austin. That's what brought me here was mm-hmm. the first time I came here like I was, I fell in love with the culture, like I fell in love with the walls, I fell in love with the textures, I fell in love with the people, like where I come from there's no black people. Where I come from, there's no white people. You know, I'm Hispanic. So it's 99.9% Mexican-American culture, which is groovy and all, but I wanted to experience everything, you know what I mean? So the first time I got a bite into Austin, I was hooked. I was one of those suckers. You know how people are like, tell no one to come to Austin, they're going to ruin it? I'm one of those guys that came here and, and I fucking love it. And I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for taking that leap of faith, even though it was kind of, like doing it the wrong way, like no one should be homeless. But I, I, now I've kind of like looked at that and like course corrected it, at least the way I see it. And uh, I look at it as like starting the video game on the highest setting because mm-hmm. I knew that the rest of the shit would be easy afterwards. You know what I mean? I put it on Euro- European extreme from the get go. Mm-hmm. That way, I don't know why I do. I don't know why I did that, but you know, I should, probably should just went to college.
0: It's a challenge. And I, I mean
2: at least for that five weeks (laughs) yeah i mean six
1: weeks but yeah yeah, and you know what but i mean even it fed my mind man even if
0: you you had come and had only done it a week nobody does that you know nobody it's that's a move that not many people are willing to make and you made it in pursuit of a dream it's powerful very powerful
1: it's very romantic it's irresponsibly romantic i wouldn't i wouldn't let my son do it you know what i mean that's a hard thing to justify why wouldn't
0: you though why wouldn't you sit there and go hey you can do this but have a plan Oh, hey, man. you wanna go and you wanna tough the streets for six weeks, uh, that's fine. Know that my house is always open to you. Know that you can always come back. But if you right. really wanna go out there and tough yeah. the world and experience it, by all means. Yeah.
1: You know, I would tell them, look, look, I love you. You don't have to. Right. You don't right. have to. I don't want you to. Did if you, you do, I respect it. No, I didn't have to. Exactly. And, and also, like, I didn't tell my mother. Like, if I told my mother, she would have talked me out of it. That's why I didn't tell her, you know? Um, I didn't have anybody in my circle be like, that's a dumb idea, don't do it. I don't think anybody believed me. I don't think anybody gave a shit about me, to be honest, mm-hmm. which gave me the freedom to do that. So my son doesn't have that. He has the luxury of people that give a shit about him in his life. So I would respect it if he did it, but I would also tell him, you don't have to, just so he could hear that.
0: Have you told him that story? He knows. How old is he?
1: He's 12. Okay. Do you, think he, do
0: you think he comprehends it? Absolutely.
1: Yeah? I don't think shit's real to him, like his generation. Like I was just... I was just getting on his ass the other day. Like uh, I got an email from his teacher that said Aiden doesn't bring his – he hasn't brought a pencil to class in 18 days. And I was like, dude, we have pencils. You're just being lazy, right? I told him you're fucking – sorry, I'm going on a trip. But I was like your generation's biggest problem is going to be laziness because everything's just like texting or whatever. Away. Everything's just like a microwave thing away. And I was like, "Robots are going to take your fucking job, man." Like, you cannot be lazy. I was like, whatever you want to do, even if it's video games or build paper mache or whatever it is, you can't be lazy. Like you need to be passionate about it, right? So, I mean, I, I, he, he trust me. I mean, he I think he comprehends it as much as a 12-year-old can.
0: And that's my point. But like when he's when he's 16, 17, becoming a young man, becoming a man, you know, in his early 20s, 24. Yeah. He's probably going to look back and go, fuck, my dad took a chance. My dad was badass. You know, and he, if if that's something that you, I'm not saying that you have to keep reminding him, but if you just let him know, hey, the world's ears for the taking. You go out there and you do, you take the risk you're willing to take, understand that there's going to be, there's going to be a reaction to that. Yeah. But as long as you're prepared, as long as you're willing to, to face that mm-hmm. you shouldn't you should be able to do whatever you want and you have a prime example I think that's a great example that you came out here took a chance And so that goes to my next question mm-hmm. What have your successes out here been and what have your struggles been like you obviously were homeless for six weeks? But you yeah. got a job you saved up you yeah. got a spot mm-hmm. But as far as your career goes what you were looking to do you clearly came out here to be a filmmaker Where did that transition so you obviously you're not making films for six weeks you're reading you're in the mm-hmm. books You're mm-hmm. getting the information once you got that upper hand What have you experienced?
1: It's a great question, man. Um, it might not be exactly what you think. Like, I, it all depends on how you define success, right? Like, having an idea is a success. Uh, executing that idea, like writing a script, is a success. Casting actors, that's a success. Scouting locations, securing those locations, securing backups, that's a success. Gathering and recruiting the film crew and getting the gear and making sure they're paid and all that stuff. That's a success. So like, and so on, right. It's a domino effect. Like I take a lot of joy and pleasure in micro successes. Like as far as my failures, I don't hold them on a pedestal. Like I don't romanticize them, but I, I kind of think they're more valuable than my successes. Like, it's a hard question for me to answer. Like the first nine months of me being in Austin, uh, that, that whole tenure was like a big failure to be honest. Like Um, I had an apartment and I ended up kind of, I don't know what you call it. Like I gave it to somebody so they could like, so, you know, they could pay the the rent or whatever. And I was like, I don't want to live here anymore. Like it was just dumb. Like
0: signed your lease over or whatever. I didn't even sign
1: it. Like, I don't even know what the fuck happened. I mean, my credit's great. So I don't know it worked out, but, uh, that's ignorance. Like, I want to make that very clear. Like, all that being
0: young and immature and not knowing what the fuck to do.
1: And also, like, not not, this isn't an an excuse, but it's also a fact. Like, I didn't have people around me in a circle to say, that's stupid. Like, I didn't have friends and family be like, the fuck's the matter with you? I didn't have anybody kind of hold me accountable, to be honest. Like, fortunately, now I do. And I think that's why I got my shit together a little better now. But, uh, so those first nine months, I stayed here from, august to i think june or july and that was 2012 2013 and i went back to the valley five hours south of austin on the border of mexico um, to go see about a girl who later became um, my girlfriend the mother of my children and my kids and all that stuff my 12 year old was my stepson but to me he's, he's my boy you know what i mean and i got a four-year-old biological daughter with her um named after walking phoenix which was off mic we mentioned that and um now they hold me accountable and like they are my success like the fact that my kids aren't assholes that's my probably my greatest success um but i failed like that that first nine months here was like a big fucking failure like i went home like i had nothing i didn't have any possessions like everything that i could fit could fit in a bag like it was a big fucking failure like the only good thing that came out of it was i asked my girlfriend to be my girlfriend that was the only and i had nothing so the fact that you know from then to now and she's believed in me this whole entire way. She's held me accountable. You know, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but you you mentioned something off mic, Brian. That, you know, without your girlfriend, maybe maybe you wouldn't be here doing this. You know, and samezies. Like I wouldn't be here without Claire. So I give her like a lot of the credit. She's like, you know, my greatest success is that relationship. To be honest, like it's relationships. That's my answer. You know what I mean? Like. I work for this uh, former United States Marine, uh, Dakota Meyer. You know that relationship that I have with him, that bond that I have with him. That's like a great success. Um, being here with you guys, like it's people don't follow up. You know, you meet people for the first time, they're like, "That shit's cool, man. We should hang out again someday." Yeah, we should. And then you never do. Like coming back here, that's a success. You know what I mean? I'm gonna look back in this five years from now and be like, "Oh, those were the days." I promise you. Like these fucking days are the days right now. I'll tell you that right now. But as far as my failures, man, like I have been kicked in the teeth, like I have been kicked in the balls, man. Like I failed more than most people have fucking tried.
2: Yeah, I, and I think that that's interesting because there are so many older generations, even than ours, that are saying, "Oh, we've never been punched in the in the face. Mm-hmm. We never been punched in the mouth." I say that's bullshit. A lot of us have been punched in the mouth, and that's the reason why there are muck. Well, I'm not. There's a lot of us who have but the ones that really succeed well, yeah. not necessarily, they've been pushed to the face. In their lifestyle, mm-hmm. they have, so like Mark Zuckerberg's of the world, who is probably our generation's most influential person, hmm. you know, his his failures are internal. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the support group was always there. If he failed, there would always be a fallback, but for us, not necessarily the case.
1: Yeah. You know, for better or worse, like I, I burned a lot of bridges, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you want to take the island, you got to burn your fucking boats and there's no going back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's like the best way for everybody, but for me, for a man that I just eliminated options, like I didn't give myself a plan B, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That worked for me. That may not work for my son or my daughter or you guys, but for me, I was desperate. Like I, I, I had to make it about survival. That yeah. was the only way it was going to get done.
2: And if I, if I continue on that, continue with that metaphor, you burn the boats, but the next person that comes there and gets on that island with you and has no idea what, how to live on the island, you're there to kind of...
1: Did you ever see the movie Swiss Army Man? Yeah. I love that movie to death, but it's kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that. I'll just say that. But yeah, I guess, man. I mean, you got to find what, what works for you, right? Like, Man... I'm very grateful for Austin, Texas. Like there's some people out there who are not five hours away from a place where they can escape to try to be successful. So I was privileged and I maximized my privilege. That's also part of it too.
2: Okay.
1: Took opportunity. I took it. Well,
2: not to, sort of. Like we said, you could have went to school during those five to six weeks.
1: You know, like the truth is, and I don't want to romanticize this either because I don't want to be a hypocrite when when I'm going to tell my son to go to college or my daughter, even though by then it's going to be like VR or some weird shit like that. Mm -hmm. But I curse a lot. Is that okay? That's That's fine. fine. Fuck. Um, He he cringes. (laughs) I'm so sorry. There's some. Hey, sponsors, like, we love you, man. So don't take it personal, all right? Um, I forgot where I was going. What's a sponsor? I'm just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> um, this is your
2: fault. <laughs> <this>. <laughs>
1: but you know, yeah. So college wasn't for me, man. Like, I, yeah. I didn't. This, this is where I'm gonna feel so bad saying this. I'm gonna. I, I regret it already. I yeah. regret it already. <laughs> but I never did homework ever. I never did homework. I remember the day where I was like, I'm not gonna do this shit. Second grade. I was like, not gonna do this. Uh, <laughs> no, I only went to school for the free lunch.
2: I'm with it.
1: That's it. There was free lunch. There was like the breakfast pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm. fruit loops mm. pig in a blanket that's nice. why i kept showing up gotcha. dude a funny story funny story time funny story time sure. seventh grade did you guys go to p.e mm-hmm. did uh-huh. you guys have that
2: yeah well not for me because i was in football but it's no difference.
1: <laughs> excuse me just kidding <laughs> seventh grade i had p.e sure. um for two semesters and i never went funny. i never went last day of school of seventh grade in order to get your report card Um, I had to get it from the PE teacher who um. I never met. And uh, I go and I'm like, Hey coach, uh, you have my report card. And he's like, who are you? And I'm like, my name's such and such. And he's like, Oh, that name sounds familiar. And he looks, he has my report card and he's like, you've never showed up here ever. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, what did What's my grade? I had a 98 in PE. I never fucking showed up ever I would just skip and I would walk around or I'd go to the band hall and I would just fuck off and I I just didn't I never went I never took it seriously I was like who's gonna go to that you know and he laughed his ass off and was like I can't believe it he's like here man don't tell anybody and now I'm telling the world but that was that that apathy was all my teachers in high school sorry Donna High, but it's true these are the counselors that told me no there's no such thing as film school Mm -mm. there's no such thing sure they told me that they're fucking liars they're Mm -hmm. lazy they were lazy. You know I what I mean? So gave college, like I gave college a chance. Texas. Exactly. Ah, I damn. gave college a chance and I was like, wait a second, I pay for this? I, I don't want to pay for this. I'm paying and I don't want to be here? I'm not going to pay for this, man. Like, So I don't have to worry about debt like some people that have like $200,000 in debt or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I got out and I just yeah. went to YouTube and films and books and all that.
2: Yeah, which is very merit- meritable right now. Uh, though it would have gotten you out of Having to live on a fire escape if you I, really I, put your I, if, yeah, you, fun if, had the- put, if you to put your mind to it like you did do filmmaking now sure. you would have had your you know
1: i mean i could be the best detective of all time if i put my mind to it yeah, yeah. not everybody's got that perhaps, but also yeah. that's not who i am that's sure. not me you know yeah. like that's just not but you me.
2: eventually had to through the system through the corporate system you had to you had to go to walmart yeah
1: oh that felt that was terrible i hated that job
2: really how'd you feel i i I felt like i was like
1: a money launderer
2: i can't i don't know can you be more specific like
1: i remember this look no judgy because like i've really grown super fond because of dakota like i've really grown super fond because they're amazing people Mm -hmm. of like kind of like i guess like gun toters you know like you know, people that have M4s and AKs mm-hmm. and shit like that, and uh, snipers because he's a sniper and everything. And yeah. I shot my first gun because of him, and you know, I've really gotten to appreciate guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember working there, and like this one guy bought like a fuckload of rounds, just a lot of rounds and like a gun. And I was like, deep, 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 scanning it, and I was like, hey man, it's like three hundred whatever, and he paid in cash and he walked away, and I was like, what's he going to do with that? Like that 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 so. transaction was too easy. But then a sixteen-year-old comes and he buys a spray can and I gotta card him. Sure. But the bullets is cool. Like that. That was weird to me.
2: Yeah. See, I had a very different experience. I was trying to get people to stop from, you know, piracy. You know. Oh, dude,
1: the, I'm the biggest pirate there is. <laughs> I know,
2: and so am I. So it's just I catch the, you know, I catch the wave before it happens.
1: We're know. all hypocrites, brother. It's all yeah. good.
2: Yeah. Sometimes they, the system has to find the people that are the worst at following the system. To defend the system, you know. So it's just strange. I don't know. I go both. I I feel like I lie I align with both ways, because eventually change has to come. And I'm trying to condense this really fast so we can keep it going on the next podcast, okay. so that we don't have to, you know, kind of run, run on with it. But yeah. I also worked at Walmart. I I can feel like the social construct of that. Uh, I was in the electronics department at the time. And then I, but I kind of, I kind of experienced the same situation where money comes in, money goes out, and you don't necessarily know the the whether it's for good or for if it's for just because people are trying to move money.
1: You know, my daydreams got the better of me there, man. Like I, I, it doesn't matter if I was working at Church's Chicken or Burger King, McDonald's. I had all those jobs, Mm -hmm. Chinese restaurants as a busboy, like whatever it was. I was always writing scripts on receipt paper, Whopper Junior paper, like whether if I was pushing carts, I would write a note like on somebody's window that was covered in dirt. Like I'm gonna get back to that because I'm gonna forget that or whatever. Now, now you have an iPhone, so you can like use the memo app, which I abuse now. But I was my daydreams, man. I just couldn't do it. Like I, I was never present. I was never present at any of those jobs Mm. let alone school like that just shit that just wasn't going to happen that's a waste of money but people are different man there's some people that they know the school game and so i i encourage them
2: yeah oh man this is so good i would like to go good it's so good it's interesting for sure it's it's i have to say this so what do you think about this about austin though since it's uh kind of predicated on so let me because it was was gonna be
0: austin based so finding yourself you said you were in a small town obesity rates are high you got all these issues right Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. only option was to really get out and kind of test yourself put yourself in a bit in a situation where you had to overcome Mm -hmm. now that you've technically done that right Mm because you came back you're you're Mm -hmm. what i would consider successful i think you're very successful especially given what you've done and, and your knowledge your knowledge and how you I believe you practically apply it especially with like the pipe dream and 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 you know you you're at our show yet you come with all your equipment and set it up and do your thing and to me that's just constant work so you're clearly working towards something that was ignited by coming to Austin so what is that like what what fuels you and now you have your family now you kind of have you have your fantastic job and by the way what's the name of the podcast you do with Dakota just so we called, can get...
1: well thank you it's called owning it with Dakota Meyer and Dakota Myers he is what he's the man he's a uh, boy well, he, he's you know, I got to say this, uh, this doesn't define him, though. He's going to cringe if he hears this, but uh, he, he was a, a Medal of Honor recipient, which is the highest honor, highest award. The youngest, right? And he was the youngest since, like, Vietnam, I think, something like that. So, and also, it, it, it's usually given uh, posthumously. Right. So the fact that he's alive and he, he got it at 21 or 23 or something, I mean, that's just unheard of in and in the military.
0: And now he so you've been given the opportunity to work with him. Yeah. Which is a big move and you're clearly traveling, you're able you've essentially created a project because of the opportunities you're mm-hmm. given. Absolutely. So where where do you go now? Like do you feel that this is a success and maybe like a landmark where you can start working towards your next goal? I mean, clearly this isn't a failure story. And I know you say that you you <clears throat> you can't really define your failures, but you can kind of sum up your successes as like your relationships. Absolutely. But that work that you're still trying to put in, you still want to be a filmmaker, you still want to make those films. Mm-hmm. Where, what has Austin been able to provide for you? Or just being out here, maybe not Austin itself or the sure. city or anything from the city, but being in this environment, being yeah. around culture, mm-hmm. different societies, things like
1: that. Absolutely. So now, the real grande Valley, Donna, Texas, like where I came from, <laughs> there's it's dirt, there's nothing but dirt, you know, it, it's full of it's gonna look. 99% of the valley is shit, irredeemable shit. But there's this 1% that is unlike any other place on the planet. This 1% is what keeps people going back and what keep, keeps people living there. It's a very potent 1%. So I don't wanna shit on it because that 1% is glorious, right? But for an artist, for someone like me anyways, um, it was unforgiving. Like I grew up in a time where, dude, I was picked on, I was bullied for being a light complected Hispanic. Like it's so dumb. That's why I identify with logic a lot. Cause he's like half black, half white or whatever. And he identifies as black and I identify as Hispanic as well. I mean, we're all American here, right? But like the Mexican American culture just denied me, didn't want anything to do with me. And it was so weird cause it's so rampant over there. Everybody speaks, it's Spanish speaking first. And if I spoke English, people ignored me. And that was the way I grew up, like in the '90s, right? So I ha- i would have to hope, I'd have to hope that today it's more because of technology and information and what people see on TV. I, I hope people are more open-minded there. But it pushed me out. It didn't want me. I—I I was like a white blood cell, and it was like leukemia or something, and it was like get out of here. So it pushed me away, and-, and the closest place was Austin, right? So in-, in a way, I didn't have a choice, and in a way, it was the smartest choice, like. Um, the valley didn't want me. It didn't encourage me. There was no film scene. It's really easy to to stand out in the vo- in the valley. The, the 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 pond is so small. All you have to do is stand up. Like that's I, I was, you know, I made four films there. You know, I, I, you know, paved a way for a lot of people there. They're, they're not going to want to hear this. They're not going to like this because it's true. And I mean this with humility because I loved the film scene that I that I wanted to see there. But it was dying. It was it was just fruit that fell from the tree and it was on the ground. And I was like, no, I don't want to be here. I want to go to some place where there's abundance, right? Or at least for more opportunity. So I was actually working out 2016 and um, I, I do this little meditation thing. And I was deeply, deeply meditating and something occurred to me where I was like, Knives, why are you busting your ass so hard here when you can take the same energy, same conviction, same passion, put it in Austin. And you'll have 10% more opportunity. And that's better opportunity. Like just do that. It's a no brainer. I go to my house and I'm like, Claire, like, this is gonna sound out of left field because we were broke as fuck. And uh, I mean, I was on food stamps. I mean, we ate government cheese like the whole nine. And I told her, look, this is gonna sound weird. I know we were broke and we have no money, but I think we should move to Austin because there's nothing here and I'm dying. And she was like, the fuck took you so long? What are you waiting for? So I moved to Austin and I, I got a job at Apple and saved up money for three months and moved the entire family over here. That was really hard being away from my kids for three months, really fucking hard. Yeah. But I did it for the for the at-bat. Like I did it for the opportunities because even though it's lonely and I don't have any friends. I mean I don't, but I don't have any friends. Aw, you know, poor knives? No, but you know, it, your it, friend, <laughs> even though it, thank you, I'm gonna fucking hold you to that, Brian. You already said it. You We're said it on too. air. You, you said ten, it on you air. Friend friends, right? You said it on air. Wait, are
0: you guys already friends? Because if you guys
2: yeah. aren't friends, Trent, that's on you. Long? That's on you, bro. I can't. I don't Our know. friendship is way different because I have strikes. Yeah. So I've been at that yeah. and taking hard strikes. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you, you're you're lucky.
1: Well, you know, I am lucky for sure. But like we said in our first time we met, like luck is preparation meets opportunity, right? Like, you yeah. know, like Hall of Fame baseball players, their batting average—they miss seventy percent of their shots.
2: Yeah, but at that means thirty thirty percent of the time. At seventeen and until today, how prepared do you think you? You've at seventeen, between but before seventeen, because 17 2017? Is, no, seventeen years age, old. Old, yes. What about years it? Of age. Uh, before that, how prepared were you for taking on adulthood?
1: Adulthood, like, dude, I don't even feel like an adult right now. So, yeah. Like, I don't feel like I think in. <laughs> do
0: you mean, like, maybe, like, the real
2: world? Like, damn. No, you, you mean, mean paying bills? Adulthood, you, you mean like paying
1: bills? The response
2: being How, 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 how old
1: are you, Trent? I'm 24. Okay, so, y- you know, if you want to be, like, all biological and shit, like, your brain's not even fully developed. Sure, sure. It doesn't fully develop till 26. Sure. So, is that what you mean by an adult? Like, what do you mean by an adult?
2: Yeah, define well, adulthood. Society deeming you as an adult by age.
1: Which is By, eighteen, right? Well, seventeen. Seventeen, Texas. fine.
2: Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Before that, how prepared were you to to take on the system? And then, many of my friends and myself have fall fallen uh, a victim to the system. You know, from stupid things like trying to steal a, a microwave out of the high school. You know, and then getting charged with a federal crime. Or is that the know,
1: system failing you?
2: i didn't didn't say that what i'm saying is that you 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 probably failed the system i failed the system not you you overcame the system
1: no no i don't think so um okay i i don't think so like uh
2: maybe it's the system maybe the system is
1: okay so the system's rigged it's a it's a rigged game Um, That's for certain. So
2: you were prepared at 17 for a rigged system?
1: Absolutely not, no. I mean, I I didn't even look at this, dude, like, okay. So when I'm 17, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at an elephant, right? But I'm looking at it from an inch away. I can't see the elephant. Yeah. And then the older I get, the further away I get from the elephant and I can see the whole thing. Sure. If you want to call that adulthood, I'm down for that, right? But at 17, I didn't even fucking know I was looking at an elephant. I know I was looking at something that looked to me, but I didn't know that it was an elephant, right? Mm Truth be told, right? Um, But I wasn't prepared to be an adult. Like, I I couldn't even see, like, four inches in front of me. But I also didn't care about being an adult. Like, in a traditional sense of, like, I want to pay bills now, and, like, I'm my own person. Like, I I didn't look at it that way. To a fault. That's not cool. I don't want to romanticize that. Like, I was an ignorant, 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 narrow-minded artist that only cared about making shit.
2: So, I mean, I kind of see what the benefits of Austin are the uh, the culture and the community. What moves? what make what stops you from going from here to like New York?
1: Well, I'd like to just visit New York before I decide to move there or something. Like okay. I I just recently visited San Diego. I thought it was pretty nice. Sure. I was like I like this place. You know, um I I like Austin too like uh, you know. Look, I, I, I'm not going to be so audacious to be like, I want to have multiple homes, but like I would like to have a home base here in Austin sure. and a home base in New York. Right. Yeah. Like if that was possible or at least go to New York for two weeks or, or whatever, like nowadays, like you don't have to literally like make a camp anywhere. Sure. Like you don't have to live in New York. You can work out of New York if you're good enough. You yeah. know? Um But Austin and with the internet, like dude, you can travel and go anywhere and, and connect with anybody and work with people anywhere now. Like you don't have to move. Yeah. You don't have to. Like if you're, a dedicated actor, stand-up comedian, you're a dedicated rapper, you're a dedicated what whatever you are and you don't have to go to LA this time. You don't have to. You don't have to. You know, everybody wants to eat. I the get culture it. The
2: culture'll still be the local culture will still be slower I, than I, I, that I call culture. that
1: 1994 thinking, man. You know?
2: The culture will still be slower. It's it's just the people who do us, do things one way and people who do it a different way. You know, so people here are going to be connected to the internet 24-7, then you're also going to have those doomsdayers who don't want
1: to Let me tell you where people fuck up when they try to be like other people. Sure, yeah. When they try to copy somebody else's success, so this person did that, this person did that, I want to do that, you already fucked up.
2: There's always an enigma though. You may not be trying to do what other people are doing, but the enigma is is that you're doing what other people are doing, regardless of whether you know it or not.
0: That makes sense. Like a podcast. Everybody does podcasting. If you're doing a
1: podcast because everybody's doing it, your podcast's success rate is slim to none. But if you're doing it because you got to, you got a better chance of succeeding, whatever that is for you.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's something that I've come to a conclusion that this is just art and doesn't matter. So it, it took a while.
1: You know what matters, man? What people remember. What yeah. matters is I know it sounds cliche, but like how you make them feel mm-hmm. that's what matters. That shit sticks around. That's yeah. currency.
2: Yeah and I think that uh, you know you said a lot of great things this, during this podcast and uh, I hope that this information will will trickle off to somebody who's in Austin who you know is going through that underground uh, scene and trying to make it out like you have because Austin is a trap as well. As much as the Valley is, Austin is a trap. For fun people it's too big. They can't see the
1: For fun people? Is that what you fun, said? No, for some people. Oh, for some some people. Some people. Hmm. I haven't even I haven't even gotten started here.
2: You said that you you I think that that's all, that that's 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 what's your advantage that's, that's advantageous for you. But for people who grew up here,
1: Yeah, I suppose. Well, then, then, yeah. I mean, that's a punk rock nature in anybody. Like, most people just want to leave their hometowns. Most people. And then they move, and then they're like, you know what? Austin was pretty cool, you know? Some people feel that way anyways. Brian, you had something? Uh,
0: You said that you had, like, a – you created a little film following or a a culture around film back in Donna because you said that there wasn't one. Apparently, the teachers out there didn't know that there was film school, which is a thing. Yeah. So, I mean, do you have plans on doing something like that here? Do you have plans? I met you or or Mm -hmm. became familiar with you Mm -hmm. through one of the podcast groups that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, groups like that, they have meetups, they bring people together, they kind of create that culture. That's how we found this studio. Mm -hmm. That's how we've been able to connect with the people we have. Do you have any aspirations to do that create maybe like a i mean you have your facebook group the indie darlings by knives and roe if you guys yeah. are on facebook facebook check it out you yeah. do pipe dream on there yeah is it something that you're looking to do out here because there's definitely i think a niche for it i think you can definitely get those underground especially the younger kids man the younger kids may not know what it's like to to have to put in work even with the opportunities they have with the new mediums with being able to connect easier than you did when you were 16 17 being able to get in touch and network with people a lot easier than you were able to Maybe if you can kind of take that ethic and that, that culture of just hard work, mm-hmm. following your dreams, not worrying about the risks or the outcome of them, just following what you want to do, I think that'd be a very impactful culture. Because I do think what to, what Trent's saying can be kind of trappy out here. You know, you have your little film schools that are popping up that have their, their recognition, and you know, you have you have your promoters it, but for for all aspects of entertainment. You do have your niches do you see yourself in any of those niches and if not are you looking to replicate what you had down in donna because that would be a powerful move i think and you definitely can speak to that you can definitely i think be the flag bearer of this underground film culture for sure
1: i don't want to be no okay no i don't want to be like uh you know i'll say this like in the past month like when i And Pipe Dreams just a thing, guys. Like it's just a thing. Like for the listeners, if you watch it, like even if one of you watch it, thank you. But it's just a thing. Like it's just a thing. It's like one song on one mixtape, right? So I don't want to put it on a pedestal myself, but I'll use it as like a as a touchstone. Like two weeks, I must have came up with the idea like a month ago, and then two weeks later I executed it, and here we are, two weeks from you know after. So it's been about a month, and I have evolved at such a rapid pace from that idea. I'm a little tripped out about it. Like I have evolved at a fucking rapid pace in a way I've, that that usually took four years in my timeline. Like I said yesterday, like uh, I maybe I said this off mic, but I no, I think I said it on the podcast. I can't recall. But um, I want to. I want to reach. I don't want to. I don't want to relegate myself to niche. I don't. I I have like in the Valley, I told all my stories, the end, like that's the way I look at that. Like I told all my stories, I looked around, I was alone and I said, I'm gonna go where I'm needed. So I I came to Austin and it's a place where I needed to be. And uh, I have not told all my stories here. That could be two months from now where I'm done. That could be two years from now. That could be 20 years from now. Like, I don't know, like I'm not the arbiter of that. but i've i'm I'm evolving like it's crazy like i feel like um i'm growing really 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 fast like it's it's so weird and it's all mental i think um but i i really want to reach as many people as possible here so i want to and i have no problem saying this it's not like you're a magician trying to like trick people or whatever Mm -hmm. um and this generation authenticity and transparency is like really how you win like that's how drake won right like he's like dude i know i suck but here's fire, like, you know what I mean? That's how he won. but... Uh, so, like, full transparency, like, I want to make stuff for everybody. Like, I wanna make stuff that our moms can watch, I do. Like, I wanna make stuff that your mom says, hey, Brian, like, did you, did you ever hear about this? And you're like, how the fuck did you hear about this? How come I don't know about this, like, that? I think there's a way to do it, and I want to apply, my 15 years into that. And I wanna make bangers. I wanna make hits. Because once I have that power and that notoriety, well then I can Trojan horse people with like my weird shit. Right. And, then people, is- and then people are gonna be like, he's a genius, but nobody wanted to fucking give that credit today. People don't wanna give my weird shit credit today. But after you've, you've, you're you in the mainstream and you, you drop little weird shit pebbles into the stream, People are like, you're a genius, and that's fucking funny to me. Like, and you- I know it's true, and his, it's historically correct. And so I wanted, I want to do it myself.
0: Prime example, I think of that is like when people found out about Four Rooms, like when Four Rooms came out on Netflix and was the big deal, and you found out Tarantino had like a scene in the movie, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody starts, oh my god, Tarantino is a genius. Did you know about Four Rooms? Four Rooms was out for quite a bit before Pulp Fiction ever came out or any of the other films, and yet now everybody's on the bandwagon because Quentin Tarantino made fucking.
1: magic right and he and that movie bombed when it came out and
0: like i my favorite part about that's the bruce willis thing and like Uh how the connections that madonna i mean there's so many people in that movie that Uh, you're kind of like how does it flop because it's weird it's a fucking weird film for sure that's right and now looking back on it it's very quentin tarantino-esque right Mm -hmm. but nobody gave a fuck about it What was going on
1: grindhouse as well no one gave a fuck about grindhouse death proof
0: i I think that that did have that 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 had a lot of at least where i was box office wise
1: it made nothing and when i went to that movie theater Nobody was there. Really? The, dude, I'll never forget. The, the poster, you know, you go to movies and show posters mm-hmm. in a movie. It was just duct tape that said Grindhouse, and I was like, damn, that! I love that aesthetic. Dude, no, there was no poster for it. Like, I thought that was oh, the you aesthetic. Thought it was the poster I it? thought it was the poster. I was like, that's clever, man. That's fucking clever. No, they didn't give a shit about <laughs> it. Evidence. And maybe this is a Valley thing, but I was just like, and I was the only – me and my girlfriend were the only ones in that theater.
0: It could be because I'm, I'm from Palm Springs. It's not as poppin', but we had – there was like a – You guys are on the up and up. You got both films. You got both films and yeah. you got, I think, like a little – I think you might have gotten his scene from Four Rooms. You got something special from him for sure. Mm-hmm. But it was like a thing. I mean there's no reason I don't think you could build – I understand that you're not trying to because I've been appealing to just, culture. I've just,
1: I've been appealing to just filmmakers. Right, right. Okay. And I don't need to do that. You like don't. I don't need to, cause here's why they're going to succeed or fail without me. You know, they don't need me. Like in 2010, like people needed to know, like how do you make a stabilizer? Like, how do you make a, how do you make all this indie stuff? This is before like iPhones really popped and before everybody was a content creator. And now they don't need tutorials. Like everybody knows how to do it. My mom knows how to do it. She knows how to apply a filter. You know what I mean? She knows how to color grade pretty much. Um, so they don't need like, a person to give them a tutorial. They don't need me to give them permission. Instead, it's like, I love you guys. You know my roots, but I'm gonna go make bangers. I'm gonna go make pop videos. Like, I don't mean pop videos like Miley Cyrus pop or anything, nothing against that, but like, I know how to do it. I know how the masters have done it. I've just really loved niche this whole entire time. I've really loved subcultures and like anti-pop like i really love that stuff yeah i mean i've always loved that that's the stuff that like gets me going and that's who i really am but it's like you know what how did you guys ever hear gambino's redbone Mm -hmm. that's all he did that's all he did not that that's all he did like he made it easy but like i see what he's doing i see exactly what he's doing like he made a pop song he made a prince song like i get it i fucking get it and but all his geeky, cringy shit in the beginning, I loved that, but that wasn't going to be the shit that got him over. It wasn't, you know. And I think he knows that. And um, you know, same same thing can go for a lot of rappers, right? When they make their hit, and they know what the fuck they're doing. They decide, they, okay, guys, I want to ta- I want to talk to your grandmas now.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on that note. Can you promote some of the stuff that you got going on? Get this to social medias and Instagrams and whatnot. Look,
1: guys, if you thought I was interesting, first of all, thank you guys for having me here. Like, thank you, man. fuck, man, like this is so cool. I, if you look at my nails, I was so nervous like to be here. I, I, I woke up and I was like, I want to give them everything. First thought, before I put my watch on, before I put my shoes on, before anything, I was like, I wanna give these guys everything. So thank you for this platform. It's incredible, Like I owe you guys everything. If you really thought I was interesting, my number's 512-797-4128, hit me up.
0: And you definitely can, loves talking on the phone. There it is. Awesome. Pipe dream too.